You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because <clears throat> yeah. we're a bad team and we know it. Mm-hmm. We can't beat a good team. We can drop 50 points in the regular season. But in the playoffs, we only drop 17. Oh, but just hold on, we're going home. Just hold on, we're going home. It's hard to beat a team in the playoffs. But just hold on, we're going home. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. That was Mr. Trap House Sports with his new number one hit single, Going Home Because We're the Trash Cowboys or whatever. Shout out to Nathan for, uh, for showing me that. That's probably as far as I'm going to go with uh, laughing at the enemy, at least for today. Um, I mean, it speaks for itself, man, especially this weekend, you know? I don't like to take things too far, and when you lose in the playoffs, it's brutal. But considering every game, for the most part, was like a blowout, (laughs) at least almost all of them. And then the one game that wasn't, the Cowboys game, was um, one of the more brutal losses. It's not exactly up there with some of the Packers' losses, but um, that was rough. Uh, I think we'll leave it at that. But anyways, uh, first of all, I need to apologize about the last couple days. Um, Two days ago, I got up, we're talking Monday, had the day off, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let that be an excuse. Monday's a big day. Everybody's back to work. Not everybody. Some people like me had the day off, but a lot of people are back to work on Monday. They like to get up bright and early and listen to their podcast. So you know what I did? You know what I did? I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I recorded the podcast. That's why you can even hear me at one point in the podcast say somebody messaged me at 6 o'clock in the morning or whatever, because I I got up at 4. Probably hit snooze a couple times. I don't know. I was down here recording by 4.30, whatever. Then I get a message at probably, I don't know, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, no pod today, which is the worst message ever. I, I love getting it because it's, I need to know, but wow, did that really kind of send me into a tailspin. <laughs> So mad. I was so tired because I got up and I got to go to work the next day. So I was like, this is your last day to kind of sleep in, catch up on sleep if you want to. And I said, no, no, we're getting up. We're doing this. Um, And then I got upset and I thought, you know what? (laughs) I'm not doing it tomorrow. That that was only part of it, uh, to be honest. The other part of it is because I had the day off and I'm so stupid sometimes. I forget that I need to prepare, right? I know I have to do the podcast. Like, that's the thing. Like, you have to go to work. Like, I remember I have to go to work. 
but I forget that I have to prepare. So it's getting within a few hours of needing to do the podcast. And it's like, do you have anything to talk? Have you looked at a single thing? No, is the answer. And so I thought, all right, we can go downstairs and wing it, especially at a time when I'm just not feeling it. Or we can not just do a trash podcast and then uh, tomorrow do a little bit of research, a little bit of homework, and see if we can't come back on Wednesday and, and put something together here. So that's what happened. Uh, also, kudos to JJ, because as soon as I said I wasn't feeling it, which was pretty early for once, I said, hey, man, if you're feeling it, go ahead and do it. Seemed like he wasn't going to do it. I put out the tweet, there's no, no podcast, and he's like, hey, uh, I did one. But then the audio didn't work. It was really weird. I don't know what happened. Hopefully that doesn't happen to me now that we're at it. But I guess you won't be hearing this either way, so it's not really worth talking about. But anyways, thanks for trying, JJ. Sorry for spending all that time doing a podcast and not having it uploaded. If you figure it out, you know, we can have a second one today. I don't know. But anyways, um, kind of getting into the news and notes. Basically, everybody is practicing. That's kind of the thing. Everybody is practicing. The only person that did not was David Bakhtiari. And um, we were told by the Green Bay Packers, by Matt LaFleur, that uh, it was not, I don't want to say it was not injury related, because obviously it is injury related, which is kind of a problem, but it was load management, which is basically to say we don't want to stress him too much. We don't want to possibly make him go backwards in his recovery, which I mean, 100% tells us he's not 100% back, which kind of sucks, right? Because he's not 33 years old. He's not really under, he's not Mercedes Lewis. So um, that kind of stinks. He can't practice all the way through because they're worried he'll have some setbacks with his thing. But whatever, we got a couple days to get through. I mean, literally just a few days, even if we win the Super Bowl. He's got three games to play. And then he'll have the whole offseason to hopefully fully, fully recover. Uh, but Zadarius, Billy Turner, Jair, Randall Cobb, Whitney Merciless, Josh Myers, all practicing. In addition to that, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was practicing, Chandon Sullivan was practicing, and Aaron Jones, who didn't play Week 18, they gave him the week off because it was somewhat of a meaningless game, but also we wanted to be healthy and fresh and all that stuff. He was practicing, so uh, everybody was practicing. One thing that I think does need to be said, um, this was tweeted out by Ken Ingles, um, doesn't mean they're not playing, doesn't mean they are playing. Uh, I think I'm going to take Matt LaFleur at his word that um, basically we'll see, we hope so. In other words, it's not a yes, it's not a no, it might be leaning yes, but it does still need to be said because I think we've kind of gone a little bit too far, my, myself included, in the direction of we're getting all of them back. Everybody's coming back and it's going to be awesome. Quote, my timeline is flooded with reports of Zadarius Smith, Randall Cobb, Ty Summers, and Whitney Merciless participating in practice. All four players are still on reserve injured list, need to be activated to play on Saturday. Cobb's week three window to return closes on Thursday. So just based on that, we can assume Randall Cobb will be activated. Uh, plus, he was apparently able to basically go last week. They just didn't because it was a meaningless game. Um, we can also strip out Ty Summers, not because we either know or don't know, but because none of us really care. No offense, Ty, um, but you know, it is what it is. But that does still leave us with Zadarius Smith and Whitney Merciless, especially considering one of the big, I, I even said, the, we talked about the whole Whitney Merciless thing and why it's so weird that we were kind of blasé about guys coming back. I mean, we were excited, but you know, whatever. And then when we found out Whitney Merciless was coming back, it was like, dude, it's game over. And the reason is four top tier pass rushers is a big deal, just off the edge, not even talking about Kenny or, uh, or Dean. But we may not be getting four. 
We might be getting three. We might still just have two. I don't know. They, they are practicing, which, you know, I don't think it would be a complete fluke that they're practicing if Whitney Merciless still had a shredded bicep, for example. So, um, again, I don't think that they're lying, and I'm not saying Ken is saying that either. It's just a, a worth, worthwhile note. But I do think we need to remember this, because if we find out one of these guys doesn't go, I don't want us to go into a depression and a tailspin of we're doomed. Um, if both of them don't go, we still shouldn't be in a tailspin, because neither of them has played in a very long time, but it does suck pretty, pretty, uh, pretty massively. Again, that is not my expectation, but it also is worth noting that because they're on IR, because we have 53 guys, if all four were to come back, um, again, not sure I'm necessarily even expecting that, but if all four did come back, we would have to remove four people from our roster. 49ers are on the opposite side of the spectrum, um, which is another case for and against the whole, um, you know, a bye week is actually negative because you need the, the practice or whatever. Guys get banged up, man. Guys get hurt. Tampa, we saw Tampa Bay Buccaneers go down. We saw 49ers go down. Uh, we saw Bosa get hurt. Fred Warner got hurt. And now we found out that Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. I don't know the full extent of either of these three, but it is concerning. Um, Nick Bosa, for example, did not practice. Again, that doesn't mean he's not going to play, but that's not a good sign. That That, that is, um, you could argue, the best player on their entire team. And Fred Warner is right up there with him. He is... Um, Probably number two. He is number two on defense. He's he's up there. I mean, you got Kittle and other guys on offense that are quite good. But I mean, these are premier players. Fred Warner did play, and he actually tweeted out that he's good to go, so he will be playing in the game. However, let's remember the last year when we played the Rams. Um, Aaron Donald was injured. He ended up playing, and it was like, oh shoot, I guess he's playing. So we're kind of in trouble. The problem is he didn't play, which people remind me of this all the time whenever I try to brag about Elton Jenkins doing a good job against um, against Aaron Donald. What is the retort? He was injured, so it doesn't count. Granted, it was a super severe injury, but the point is it, it does slow you down. And so uh, regardless of whether or not a person's playing, you know, playing is just one element. How well a person plays is the other. And uh, we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit today because I found it interesting. And it's it's something that I've been hammering. But again, it's, it's something I've been... A lot of times I'll dance around things because I have a concept in my brain and I don't know fully how to flesh it out or describe it or, or whatever. And one of the things I've been hammering is, well, number one is just the consistency aspect. But it's not just that some teams are inconsistent. It's that every team is inconsistent. And then post this past weekend... Uh, the one thing that I've been kind of hammering is the, the the ridiculousness of recency bias. We watched one game, it's the most recent game, and that is the information. That is everything we need to know. I saw the Buffalo Bills play a perfect game, therefore they're a perfect team and we can't beat them, nobody can beat them. I mean, it's not that ridiculous, but it's kind of that same silly thought process. And it's just a, a general lack of understanding or, or a choosing not to understand that there's a lot of variation and that consistency is important. And, and it's from team to team, you see good days and bad days, but also from player to player. And so when we go up against the 49ers, the, the biggest question is, because we know generally what they are, although there's also transforming on a week-to-week basis, right? To start the season, the Packers' defense was better than the Packers' offense. Now it's done a complete 180. But also the defense has played pretty well. I mean, not week 18, but week 17, the defense uh, did quite well. I mean, you know, 37 to 10. Um, Also before that, 24-22, that's not really a defensive issue. That's more of an offensive issue. But anyways, 
It's also player to player. And to be completely honest, a team having a good day or a bad day is because of the players or the coaches having good days or bad days. And it's kind of just, you know, you tally up how many people and which people are having the good days and which people are having the bad days. If, if Aaron Rodgers is having a bad day, the team's probably having a bad day. You know, if Devondre Campbell's having a bad day, it's not great. But, you know, get over it. And so, again, we come back to Fred Warner and say, you know, he's hurt. Hey, maybe he doesn't play. That'll work to our advantage. And he tweets out, hey, he's good to go. And it's like, ah, oh, man, never mind. Well, not quite never mind. Maybe he'll be completely fine. But, I mean, an ankle injury is not fun. And especially when you got a linebacker and his whole thing is just being a guy that can fly around the field. I mean, if he loses even a half a step because of an ankle injury, that could work to his detriment, especially as the game continues to wear on. And if we start to utilize and force him to work laterally, in other words, we're not just playing in a box with A.J. Dillon smashing up the middle where he, all he really has to do is lower his head and, and hit the guy. Not that that would be fun for, for anything, for his ankle, for his, his soul, whatever. But you start utilizing, you know, running backs on swing passes, a uh, little more, you know, just general outside zone where he has to kind of sprint to the outside. You know, by the third, fourth quarter, that probably isn't feeling great. But uh, in addition to that, Jimmy Garoppolo has been having some issues. In fact, the Packers are the biggest favorites this upcoming weekend by a pretty wide margin. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Let me double check what the new lines are. And it depends where you look. But um, the biggest favorites that are not the Packers are actually the Tennessee Titans at three and a half points. So when I tweeted this, I said, man, so many people are going to be mad at this. The Buccaneers are three point favorites. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. The Buccaneers are considered to be one of the best teams in football, probably right now considered the best NFC team. I don't know why. They're not the biggest uh, number one seed or whatever, but, you know, I, whatever, I get it. That's just the thing. And then the Rams are seen as probably not as good as the 49ers. So general logic should be the Buccaneers should be maybe six-point favorites. The Packers, if they're even favorites, they're favorited by like one or two points, maybe three because of home field advantage, but it's, it's, it's a coin flip at best if not 49ers favorites. The Packers are actually six-point favorites. Now, part of that, it's moved from, I believe it was about four and a half, which still a bigger advantage for the... All these teams, by the way, are at home. So it's not, well, yeah, it's home field advantage. Every single one of these teams, the Buccaneers, the Titans, the Chiefs, they're all at home, including the Packers. But um, so either way, the, the Packers were the bigger favorites, but it, apparently it's moving further from at least four and a half over to six because there's some concern about injuries, specifically Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if any of this is true. I don't know if there's any correlation to um, the, the betting lines and expectations on Jimmy Garoppolo. However, there is some talk that maybe he doesn't play. Now, I'm getting sort of a that's made up, that's completely fake vibes from that. You know, it sounds like one of those rumors where it's like, where did you hear that? Well, my cousin's friend's Uncle Tony on, on uh, Twitter's dog or something. It's like, all right, well, I'll wait, withhold judgment on that. However, it is pretty bad for Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so again, they're in a situation where you've got a really banged up Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy Garoppolo is about as average of a quarterback as you can get, right? He's fully capable. And if he's on, you're not looking at it from a standpoint of we're going to crush this guy. He's, I mean, he can execute. He can do all the things. But he's usually not the guy that's going to kill you. It's, it's his ability to distribute to his playmakers that's going to kill you. But I guess the bigger issue is that he has a really bad thumb injury on his throwing hand and now has a shoulder injury, a shoulder sprain on his throwing arm. Now, if he's practicing, again, the assumption from my standpoint is he's going to play, right? And it, 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 there's, no, there's no way in my mind, you know, like they're going to pull a fast one. No, they're not. 
They're absolutely not. They are not going to bring in a guy who has almost no NFL experience, who has played almost no games this year, and is now going to have no experience this week because they didn't practice him, because they thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to play, or because they were going to pull a fast one and make us think Jimmy Garoppolo was going to play, and then they're just going to bring in Trey Lance, and he's just going to run the whole time. So I I think the 49ers are really, really fully expecting Jimmy to play, unless there are some major setbacks. The only reason... And, and I, I think we'll have to check today for sure. Um, he was limited in practice, but I, I think if, if he's out there today, Wednesday, um, it's, it's a done deal. The only thing I could possibly think is he was limited in practice today, and they realized it was really, really bad. And they're like, all right, we got to bring Trey in. Unless that happens, Jimmy's good to go. Um, and from everything I see, it, it, there's nothing here, uh, including this clickbait article here that says Jimmy Garoppolo isn't sure he'll play against the Packers, which is nothing more than clickbait. But um, a quote from Jimmy Garoppolo, it's playoff football. We all know what time it is. No time to rest now. In the clickbait article that I referenced, um, basically that quote came from this question and answer. Are you confident you'll play against the Packers? We'll feel it out throughout the week. Feeling good right now. In other words, seems like a yes to me. (laughs) Right? As far as I know, yeah, is basically what he said. But again, they wanted to make it salacious. But apparently what had happened on this injury, according to Jimmy Garoppolo, is he injured his shoulder because of his thumb. He got brought down to the ground and he said, I didn't want to brace my fall with my hand because I was worried that I would re-injure my thumb. So I just took the brunt on my shoulder and I hurt my shoulder. That's basically what happened, which is how you can see how injuries can, can compound that way. Same thing with, you know, ankle injuries. You start favoring to one side, you start doing things a little bit differently and it ends up hurting other parts of your body. Um, another quote from Jimmy Garoppolo, which again leads me to believe he's going to play um, they were talking about, you know, how the injury affected his performance or whatever. He said, being a quarterback, the shoulder affects every throw. It definitely had some impact. But if I'm out there, I still have to make plays that I normally make. No excuses. The injury is what it is. We're all dealing with stuff. In other words, we're all hurt. Suck it up. It's playoff football time. I'm hoping Zadarius and Whitney Merciless read that. I mean, do what you got to do, man. If it's real bad, I'm just saying, maybe we, please. <laughs> and he was asked, what hurts more, the shoulder or the thumb? And his answer was yes. So, um, I mean, look, look, he's, the dude is in pain. So again, it's, is he going to play? Yeah, I'm pretty positive he's going to play. But playing is a relative word in this case. And again, I think sometimes we get a vision of who they are in our brain. So when we hear playing, we just insert the Jimmy Garoppolo we believe to be the Jimmy Garoppolo into that spot. There is no the Jimmy Garoppolo. There's many variations of Jimmy. There's many variations of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, kind of Devontae Adams. <laughs> there's a couple variations of Devontae Adams. Everybody, injury or not, there's good days, bad days, whatever. This this, this kind of, because le- for every team, for every player, the question is which version is going to show up, right? We, we, Aaron Donald, well, we know this guy's going to wreck us. And then he gets no, basically no pressures in the entire game. Not even talking about the last playoff game, just the last time we played them this year. Had almost no impact in the game. Obviously, that is not his best version. We didn't get the best version. In fact, pretty much all the elite pass rushers we went up against this year, we didn't seem to uh, get their best. Maybe it's kudos to the offensive line, but you get what I'm saying. But um, kind of of leaning into that a little bit, the uh, questioner kind of pressed the issue of how much is the shoulder being affected. He said, as far as the shoulder and the impact it had in Dallas, there was a play in the second half that was a short throw to George Kittle and it bounced. Was that shoulder affecting you on that one? He said, every throw was impacted. It's a shoulder injury. Any type of throw you're going to feel, my body is learning to adapt to it. In other words, yep, 
I've got to learn to adapt to the fact that, I mean, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers talking about cold weather and the way it affects the football or rain and how, you know, you need to adapt how you hold the ball, how you throw the ball, the angle, the trajectory, the grip, everything changes. He has to relearn how to play with an injured shoulder. He may even need to alter his throwing motion if the way he throws hurts his shoulder. So again, the Packers are getting healthier and the 49ers are getting a little bit, little bit more dinged up. Um, it is also, there is somewhat of a slight case for not pushing guys back too quickly, although I made that little quip earlier. But if you think about it, you know, these teams played in a playoff game and they lost some pretty key players. If we're going to win the Super Bowl, we have to win not just one game, but three games. So uh, you don't want to hold guys out unnecessarily. Like Jimmy Garoppolo just said, it's playoff time. Uh, If you can play, you need to play. But you also want to maybe at least limit the opportunities of guys that have got some stuff going on because you want them not just this week, but next week. And not just next week, but hopefully the week after that. Because at some point we're going to need them, right? I mean, if we're going to get over this hump, if we're going to finally break through this curse in the NFC North or just the playoffs in general that we just cannot break through to get to the Super Bowl, which is just a couple games we got to win. I mean, it's literally, we just got to win two games. We're going to need a big impact from big impact players. So, but again, that's the benefit of having four pass rushers. You can lean very heavily on Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and still rotate and maybe even once or twice bring in Garvin. You know, he could have five, six, seven snaps. Keeps Zedarius at 20, Whitney at 20. Anyways, uh, real quick, just getting through some of these other games uh, because they're all relevant at this point. Uh, Leonard Fournette is apparently questionable for the divisional round. Not sure if they're going to get him back. Uh, Right tackle Tristan Wirfs, very important part of this team. You know, the offense in general, uh, the offensive line, I mean, in general. Uh, But Tristan Wirfs, very good tackle for them. He is injured. It is an ankle injury, and it sounds like it's going to be a game-time decision. And again, whether he plays or not, dude's hurt. And they went out and got Von Miller, so they've they've upgraded their pass rush prowess. Also got Cyril Grayson, Sean Murphy bunting, and Ronald Jones questionable for their upcoming game. Rams, as far as I can tell, are uh, pretty healthy. Uh, The Bengals actually just placed defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi on injured reserve. He was carted off the field last week, so that's a pretty big blow for their defense. Also, Trey Hendrickson, who is a really impactful pass rusher for the team, um, got a concussion, was limited in Tuesday's practice. Again, does not mean he will not play, but that would be pretty massive if Larry Ogunjobi and Trey Hendricks uh, didn't end up playing in this game. We know one of those two isn't, um, but again, Trey's going to be a big big question. Their opponents, Tennessee, didn't play last week, so there's no injuries to follow up there. And then finally, Chiefs Bills. Uh, the only thing I can find here, uh, Rashad Fenton, cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs, is injured. Don't know the extent of that. We won't know probably till later today. And for the Bills, the only guy that is questionable is Mario Addison, the pass rusher. Uh, he also suffered a shoulder injury and uh, is going to be questionable for the upcoming game. Anyways, before we take a break, I uh, want to mention a, um, I don't want to say one of the more exciting sponsors, because that's not fair. But let's just say anytime I get a sponsor that's related to food or beverage and they give me samples, (laughs) I'm pretty excited about it. But I was contacted by Modern Frontier Farms, which is a uh, which is local here. They're they're not very far from me and um, they're they're real small. They don't have like a massive advertising budget, but they've got some great high quality meat and they were hoping I'd be able to help them get the word out. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I was not paid and I also did not get free meat, although it was discounted. But definitely want to give a shout out to Modern Frontier Farms. 
You can check them out at amodernfrontier.com. I'll read their little blurb so they can describe themselves to you. It says, at Modern Frontier Farms, our food products are raised to a very strict standard by following regenerative regenerative agriculture practices and protocols. Looking to nature for guidance, the animals are raised in pasture settings where they are as happy and healthy as possible. So these are uh, grass-fed. At least the, the cows are. I have no idea what you do with pigs in these environments. I'm not a farmer, man. And I also cannot give you, I'm very sorry about this, I will be giving you updates as, as best as I can, and I'll see if my daughter can help me with photographs and whatnot, but um, be giving updates on the food quality very shortly. It's very torn on what to start with, but um, my daughter requested burgers, so I'm thawing some of those. I've also got some ground beef thawing. I know that's technically the same thing, but I've got patties and then just regular ground beef I'm going to use for tacos, and then I've got a uh, top sirloin steak. So that's where I'll be starting. I'll give you some reports back on that. But if you wouldn't mind, especially if you're local, but they do have delivery. If you're curious if they'll deliver to you, you know, if you're, you know, in New Zealand, I would guess probably not. If you're in California, I don't really know. But you could always reach out and ask if you are interested. Otherwise, um, if you're in Wisconsin or the surrounding neighboring states, I know for sure he will uh, deliver to you there. Give him a shout. Again, that's amodernfrontier.com. You can also see him at A Modern Frontier on Instagram if you want to kind of check out some of the food stuff and his uh, whatever else he's doing. And if you're not on his Instagram, there's also Facebook, A Modern Frontier. So, Oh, most important part, completely forgot. <laughs> if you order, he did give me a promo code on his website. The promo code, Meatpackers. Kind of an homage to, uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers, Meatpacking Company, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Which, let's be honest, it's, it's a perfect sponsorship for every reason. Also, let's not forget about Drew. Still looking to help him get his seizure service dog. Uh, Dennis Dockery dropping another 20 bucks. He's basically gambling, and all his proceeds are going to uh, help Drew get his dog. So big shout-out to Dennis for, uh, first of all, for winning, <laughs> and then passing those profits along. But you can find that uh, my pinned tweet is his GoFundMe. Anyways, why don't we take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so um, again, you know how when I get stuck on stuff, I get stuck on stuff. But um, I, I, I've been trying to figure out how to better articulate things as far as what I was talking about before with watching this weekend and saying, well, now I know that team is better than this team. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. And I found a way to kind of illustrate that, that at least for me, and maybe it's just the way my brain works, I don't know. It helped me put some perspective on these things. Because again, we generally want to, and maybe it's because of what we see on social media all the time with the, with the power rankings. And we really put a lot of stock in these power rankings and we see it as absolutes. You know, this is the number one team, number two team, number three. And if we see we're number three, we throw a fit because it means we can't beat the number two or the number one. It means we're going to lose. It means we're not going to win the Super Bowl because only the number one can win the Super Bowl. And even if we know that to not be true, there's still a part of us in the back of our brain that's like, that that sucks because if we're not the best, how are we going to win? We can't beat that. We're going to have to get lucky to beat that team. What I did, and again, I understand there's no perfect metric, but DVOA is a, is a decent metric to at least look at what was your output essentially compared to expected output. But one of the fun things that they have, and I was, I was hoping they did because I was like, you know what I really need is this, and I found it, and I'm excited that they have it. They have DVOA not just based on your overall DVOA. They not just have weighted DVOA, and they don't just have as of this week. They have a week-to-week DVOA. Why is that interesting? Because what you can see is on a week-to-week basis, there is no ranking. Or I should say there is a ranking. It's never the same ranking. If you did a week-to-week power ranking based on how good a team was overall, offense, defense, special teams, however you wanted to do it, it would be a different ranking every single week. And every single team that is in the playoffs right now, based on how the Packers performed, would have beat them depending on the week or lost to them. They've been better and worse than every team in the NFL at some point or another. For example, week one, not surprisingly, this was probably the worst. I don't think I've seen one this low. I don't know if anybody had a game this bad, but the Packers were dead last, as was Tennessee terrible. Remember, we talked about that, how Tennessee and Green Bay were on a similar track. They both completely bombed week one, kind of picked it up after that, kind of started to falter a little. I mean, it's, it's been very similar. But the Green Bay Packers had a negative 93 DVOA. It was brutal. The offense was a negative 41.7. The defense was a 47.1, which again, positive is negative when you're talking defense. So 40% worse offensive production than just an average offense. 47% worse defense than just an average defensive performance. But what was the ranking? 53% for the LA Rams. So it was Rams, Bucks, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee. So if this is the way things sort, if these are the teams that show up, if the Packers completely bomb, obviously they lose to San Francisco. 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers show up in a big way, but not quite as big as the Rams. So the Rams pull it out. Cincinnati's going to beat uh, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City's going to beat Tennessee, obviously, because Tennessee's going to play like garbage. That's if the teams show up like they did here. In week two, Tampa Bay was the best, but only a 39%. It wasn't super crazy, like you had two teams at, in the 50s. Followed by the Rams, Buffalo, San Francisco, Green Bay, Kansas City, Tennessee, and Cincinnati. So still the Packers aren't super high at only 11%, which is 11% better than average, but still. But you know who they're better than? The Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans, and Cincinnati Bengals. If everybody shows up like they did in week three, we would be better than Tennessee, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco. San Francisco was actually the only team that had a negative DVOA of this entire group that entire week. I mean, I don't want to go through every single week, but do you get what I'm saying? It's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. If we just look at our upcoming opponent, again, just to give you an idea of how not static this team is, and it's it's some teams do have bigger swings. You look at Buffalo, the swings are drastic because their highs are stupid. I mean, they've had several well over 100, including this last game, which I wish there was a, a way to search. Maybe there is. This might be the highest DVOA of all time, 138.4, 138.4% better than average. They've also had another game. They've had two games back-to-back, weeks f- uh, four and five, 121 and 107. These are some of the most dominant teams. I mean, I don't know if I see anybody in the hundreds at all for 18 or 19 weeks, depending on if you played in the wild card, across, uh, what, eight teams left? I don't see anybody in the hundreds at all. Buffalo did it three times, including a 121 and a 138. But they've also had some really, really garbage games, including a minus 77 in week 11. But let's just look at our upcoming opponent. Here's here's where they've they've been over the course of however many weeks. 9.3, 26, negative 0.2, 9.3, negative 0.3, uh, 3.8. Uh, then they had their bye week. Negative 12.3, 53, 9, 62, negative 2, 6, 42, 6, 52, negative 10, 38, 57, 34. So the last three weeks have been pretty solid for San Francisco, and maybe that's why so many people are starting to freak out about San Francisco, but just just look at that. Which version are we getting? If, if I told you, all right, I told you what they've done every week, tell me what their DVOA is going to be in this game. What are you going to go with? I don't know. I mean, since, since we, week 15, they've been pretty solid. I mean, you could go back to, jeez, uh, call it week 13, but then mixed in between, you have a 6.9 and a negative 10. Tampa Bay, kind of likewise. It's it's the last two weeks have been completely dominant. In fact, in the last four weeks, they've been mostly dominant, but they had a negative 14 mixed in. Um, I mean, you can go all the way back to basically week 11 when they really turned on the Jets, right? 58.1, 21.9, but then it drops to 10. Then you get 51.8, and then it's negative. Then you get 51, and then it's negative 14. Then you get 52, 46. Right, so we've seen mostly dominant performances. We've seen two weeks in a row of playing really, really well. And so we assume we know, but again, week 17, week 15, week 13, week 10, negative 26, week 3, 1, right? And then you got, you know, 16, 19, a couple of smaller ones in there. Again, if I told you, tell me what Tampa Bay is going to do. Do you know? Maybe we just assume because it's Tom Brady in the playoffs, they're going to stay at that 50 range until they win the Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe they drop a negative 14 again. And of course, Green Bay's done this too. But again, this is this is why we can't get super hung up on it. And it's also not just true that, you know, the Packers are the only team that bomb. The Dallas Cowboys are a better team than the San Francisco 49ers based on pretty much every available metric. 
And uh, again, I had Mr. Negative kind of like, oh, you were talking up the Cowboys. You're saying they were good. What happened? They are good. They played like garbage in that game because every single team plays to a different standard every single week. The 49ers didn't even necessarily play all that well. They were fine, but it was mostly the Cowboys just completely imploded. And again, the Cowboys imploded for four quarters and almost won the game. And I think that's a big part of the reason San Francisco got as high of a DVOA as they did, because my understanding of DVOA is looking at what you did, but also looking at your competition. And because Dallas is seen as a really good team, that's going to really help their score, which is my inherent issue with DVOA overall, is, is the assumption based on how good a team is. It's based on a static understanding of how good a team is, at least to some degree, because they have to put that in a little bit, right? It's it's over, it's... it's uh, you know, defensive adjusted or whatever. Well, Dallas's defense is this and their offense is this, therefore we would expect this and you did this, so that's even better. So I think San Francisco's DVOA is inflated because it's based on the assumption that Dallas is really, really good and they played like garbage. Again, there isn't a perfect metric, but as I said, um, this is just another way to look at it. And I, I really hate when I do this podcast and, and I feel like my part of my goal is to give answers except what I do is I come here and I just, I take all the answers away. I feel like I do that more often than not. My answer to most things is I don't know. I can give you information and all that's going to do is kind of tilt the odds one way or another, which is why if you look at actual like Vegas odds and things, they're, everything is very close to 50%, very rarely. I mean, unless you get like a blowout, you get a team that's like a 12 point favorite or whatever, but generally it's like minus three, Right, the odds, I mean, if, if you bet on a team, you're not going to win a ton of money. You're not going to put 10 bucks on a, on a team winning and win $1,000, right? You're not even going to win $100. You're more likely going to win like a buck or two or, or, or just like a dollar, and that's if you bet on a really big underdog. You know why? Because everything is, is shockingly close to 50-50, even the blowout games. So anyways, all, all I'm really doing is kind of hitting the reset button. We know what we know, and we don't know any more than that. We don't have a power ranking that makes anything definitive. And, and, and the other side of that is there's something comforting about it as well. Some people look at it and say, we can't win because this team's better than us. Other people look at it and they want to be told we're better. Prove to me, show me, tell me we're better so I know we'll win. I, I can't do that. I can tell you we're awesome. I can do that. I've done that. Some people get mad at that too. <laughs> there's, there's no winning with this. I will say though, having a podcast is significantly better than YouTube. YouTube is just, like, if you just want to be rage-hated, just go to YouTube, which I need to start ramping that up, by the way. I'm actually up uh, doing this in the morning. I started, I shifted back to the, I, I just, I hate that it's better, but I really enjoy doing this a lot more. Like, I don't want to have to start getting up early again, but this is, this is just better. Anyways, that's really all I can do. We can look at the areas in which San Francisco is usually awesome and usually bad. And the reason I say that is, is because, again, I'll go in here and say their corners are trash, and then the corners completely shut down our guys. And it's like, well, you said, and that, that maybe is my fault, because I'm even using that as an absolute. They are trash. No, they, they generally are. They have been. They shouldn't have the ability to do this. But at the end of the day, they're all football players, right? Aaron Donald should have been able to destroy our offensive line. He couldn't. So as anxiety-inducing as it may be, I can't give any answers. Not to you, not to myself. It's just a matter of we're just going to have to sit back and watch. The Packers have what it takes to win. The 49ers have what it takes to win. The Packers are currently favorites because they're at home in freezing cold weather with a slightly better team. But if, for anybody that's ever watched football ever understands, none of those things really matter in terms of the end result. I mean, it's not that they matter zero, but 
in the grand scheme of things with the 50 billion variables that are that are in front of us, those are just a couple of them. So we just we just need the Packers at their best. That's that's all that's all we can ever ask for. And maybe if we get a little lucky, maybe the 49ers at uh, you know 90-80%. But just understand this is going to be my my stance going forward. That's my stance against the 49ers. That'll be my stance against the Rams if we play the Rams, right? Well, we beat them recently. Like, we've kind of got their number. Maybe, but it's different teams, different week. I like our chances. I know we can beat them. I also know they can beat us. We need the Packers at their best, and it would help if they were at 80%, 90% or less. That'll be my standard with Tampa Bay. Well, we can't beat Tampa Bay. They got our... No, we can. We have enough talent. We have the home field advantage. We have all the things in our field. Well, that didn't matter last time. I know. That was last year, and this is different teams, different year, different situations. We have the talent to win. We just need to show up. That'll be our stance if we end up going to L.A. or Texas, if that's what ends up happening, for the Super Bowl against, you know, the Chiefs, the Titans, the the Bills. It sucks that that's my standard because it doesn't really give me a lot of um, variable content. But as far as my overall stance on who wins the game, that's it. And that's my stance if we play the Lions, if we play the Chiefs, if we play the Jets. Now, we can dig in and we can talk about these things, but I I don't want rage tweets about, you said, because foundationally, we're talking about this. Foundationally, we're talking about this little uh, spreadsheet I made here, where, you know, week 18, uh, the Green Bay Packers were once again the lowest rated, but again, for, for various reasons. Week 17, however, best team in football. So the last time the Packers tried... They were the best team out of this group, right? It was, in fact, I think it was their best game overall, which is not surprising considering the result of it, but uh, like a 79 overall, 79. I don't know if uh, the Tennessee Titans have never had a game that good. Uh, Obviously, Buffalo has. San Francisco has never had a game that good. Their best game looks like was a 57 week 18. Um, Kansas City's best game, they did that. They had a 90. Six and an 85, right? So, but getting into the weeds here, this is the point. Teams are week to week. Players are week to week. Everything changes. Everything's different. The the game plan is different. The schemes are different. Everything is different. That's part of what makes football exciting. The one negative drawback to this is we can't sit here and say, I know this team is going to win because we don't know. Maybe if we could kind of peek into the two rooms and get a better understanding of the severity of injuries, get an understanding of what the game plan is, you know, like, oh, they're planning to do this, but this team's planning to do this. Ooh, not a good day for this. You know, I, I don't know. But that's where it sits, and that's where we sit, just in a pile of anxiety, just crying out, give me answers. Just, let, just tell me. Like, if we're going to lose, just tell me so I can start to deal with it. <laughs> you know, is there somebody that can give me an answer? Well, I just spent uh, about 20 minutes explaining something else that's actually very interesting and very cool, but I made a very stupid mental error, um, and I couldn't just let it go. I was thinking about like trying to recover from it and being like, hey, uh, I meant to do that, but um, I was reading something very, very wrong. So we'll talk about it tomorrow a little bit more accurately because it is very, very interesting information, and I hope somebody doesn't scoop it because there's a lot of really good information here. Um, not even going to tease it because then someone's going to steal the information and find it, but not going to do it today because I got to get going, uh, kind of upset with myself, but it's fine because I kind of was just discovering it as I was going. So it'll give me some more time to really look into it, but, um, some more pretty interesting and fun information. Um, good news for the Green Bay Packers. Again, I can't promise you anything, but I can kind of push us in the direction of, Hey, things are looking up for the Packers. That's the best I can do. But anyways, you guys have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.